Welcome to Action Chapel International. We are one church in many locations worldwide. We are so excited that you took the time to join us today to feed on God's word and to enrich your spirit. We know that your life will never be the same. Now please join us for this powerful message. As you give him praise, with your hands lifted up, say, Heavenly Father, we come in the name of your Son, Jesus, name above every other name, to receive revelation. To be enlightened, to receive infusion of light. For it is written, the entrance of thy word giveth light and understanding to the simple. Let there be light in this house. Let there be light. In this nation, let there be light in our generation. In the name of Jesus, we break spells. We break distractions. We break every resistance to the free flow of the word of God. In the name of Jesus, let there be illumination. Precision, clarity of thought. We block the spirit of error. We bind confusion and misrepresentation of your word. And in the name of Jesus, every projection against this service, any attack on this service, on this house, on our families, home and abroad, and on this nation, boomerang, in Jesus' name, as we put our hands together, boomerang. Amen. You may be seated in heavenly places. Welcome to our second service. Those watching through social media and those on Dominion Television 364, thank you for tuning in. We've been dealing with different issues for the past couple of weeks. And one of the things we've dealt with is the test of faith. The times we live in puts our faith in God and in the scriptures to a test, the test of faith. Jesus said, if the Son of God shall return, shall he find faith on earth, the test of our faith. Then we dealt with the test of love, the test of our love for God, for one another, test of our love for country and for our brethren. Last week, we dealt with the test of character, and we're going to continue today, the test of character. I ne ne you never know who someone is until they experience power, and until they come into money, into success, wealth, relevance, then you know the true character of an individual. How you handle people. What you become when you have power and money is what defines you. That is who you truly are. I don't know you and who you are 
until you have power and until you have money. Come with me to 1 Timothy 6, 10 and 11. For the love, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Understand and underline the love of it, not money. The love of money. He didn't say money is the root of all evil. So let's get it right. Sometimes we um, quote scriptures out of context. Money is not evil. Money is a tool. Money is a weapon. Money is good. But it's what you do with money. And it's the love of it. Where money rides you. When money becomes your God. When everything you become and how you deal with everybody in life is determined by money. When your choices and decisions in life is determined by money then something is wrong with you because money is a tool, it's a weapon given to us and we must never be controlled by weapons, we must never be controlled by a tool. We control money, money must not control us. And where money controls you, you are to be pitied among all men. The love of money is the root of all evil. I pray for you that you will not be controlled by money. Amen. Go ahead. Which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith uh -huh. and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Today we don't follow after meekness anymore. We don't follow after patience. We don't follow after right standing with God. We don't follow after godliness and we don't follow after faith, no love anymore. It's like people are defining societies today by money, power, position. We love people for what they have, what they bring to the table, who they are, and where they stand in society. We don't love for love anymore. We don't seek godliness anymore. The basis of our relationships and why we care and deal with people all has to do with money, fame, success, material things. Character doesn't matter anymore. Just have money. Just have access and influence and have fame irrespective of how you acquire it. You can kill, you can lie, you can steal, you can destroy innocent people to get it. Just get it. And if you get it, it's okay. It's not. There are consequences. It's just a matter of time. If you study history, the pharaohs of Egypt are no more. And the emperors of Rome are no more. The Hitlers of Germany and their entire descendants have disappeared from the face of the earth because of the evil they did to others and because of how they handled power when they had power. What you do with power will determine whether you have a place in eternity or a place in history. There are people who will never have a place in eternity, nor have a place in history, whose descendants will never be remembered in eternity or by history because they use power and money and influence and success as tools and weapons to settle scores as a weapon for revenge and to destroy and to hurt others. If you are that kind who uses power and money, influence, success, relevance, fame to hurt others, you are setting yourself and your descendants up for a curse. Throughout your generation and days, you will never be remembered for good, but you shall be remembered for evil. I have not seen anybody name their son Hitler. And it's because of the evil that was done to a race, to a people, to a generation. The evil in, that was done to the Jews by Hitler was always in him. He hated the Jewish people, never had the opportunity to show it until he had power. What men and women do 
when they have power and when they have money and influence and access is something that has always been in them but it's power and money that reveals and brings it forth I pray that in the day when you have power and the day when you have the ear of the king and influence and money and access and relevance you will not settle scores with people you will not go witch hunting people trying to destroy innocent people that you will not use power to kill and to destroy people's fathers and mothers and loved ones but you use power to be like Nelson Mandela did I said last week Nelson Mandela when he was discharged from prison having been in prison for 27 years he said as I stand before the door to my freedom I realize that if I don't leave behind me my bitterness and my unforgiveness I will walk through this door to freedom and still be in prison how I pray for leaders and pray for all of us that we will not allow the unforgiveness of the wrong done to us and the bitterness of the things we've been subjected through and been through to determine how we use power and to determine how we treat people for we are accountable and we shall be held by God we shall be held accountable one day let's go ahead write down a few things money money will reveal what is in you money is designed to test our character it will test you and it's when people have money then you know who they are when you have money watch how you handle people what's your attitude do you return people's call do you keep to your word do you treat people right i've seen people who were nothing nobodies until they had money and power and suddenly they switch they have no respect and no regard for anybody. Don't keep to their word. They don't care. Promises they make, they break their promises. They don't honor time. They don't keep to anything. And they think that having money is everything. And having power is everything. It's not. It has an expiry date. There come a time when money fails. There come a time when power fails. And ladies and gentlemen, you will need somebody. And the way you treat people right now has everything to do with how people treat you and respond to you when you need them the most. So right power, money power, fame, fame. You are the latest thing in town. Everybody likes you. You are trending. That's the new word. You are trending. You are trending. I'm trending. Madam Trending and Mr. Trending. Everybody has heard about you. Don't let it enter into your head. The same people who are calling your name and say, oh, you are trending. Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. The same people will say, crucify him, crucify him. You don't know who people are until you are in crisis. When you are in crisis and everything around you falls apart and you still have people to stick with you, then you truly have friends. The people you call your friends are not friends until you go through crisis, until you have problems, until you've been tested and tried. Those around you are not friends. Jesus said the other day, ye are they, ye are they that stood with me in the moment of my temptation. People who call themselves friends when you haven't been through anything are not friends. It's those who hang with you in times of your trial, in times of temptation, in times of difficulty, where you become a proverb, a byword of society. Scandalize and stigmatize. You become a reproach. Look down upon a mockery of your society. And they are still friends. Then you call them friends. Until then, you don't have a friend. Because some of the friends you claim you have are only friends because you have money. Because you, you have something they need. But I'm talking about people who hang with you not because of anything you have. But they are there for you. For you. 
and not for your money, not for power, not for your office, not for position. And in life, you meet those type and kinds. I have friends I've related to for 40 years and some over 40 years. I've related to Bishop Nyakun for 44 years. I have friends that I've related to for 40 years, 30 years, 35 years, like Dr. Michael Bassett and so many others. I've related to them many years. I was talking to Dr. Ampiakofi the other day, and I've known, I've known Dr. Ampiakofi for 40 years. We've been friends, father and son, 40 years, and so many others. In good times and in bad times, we've related. Let's go ahead. Let's look at some few. Deuteronomy 8 and 2. Deuteronomy 8 and 2. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness mm -hmm. to humble thee and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. You see, so the things we go through in life, the journeys we walk through in life, is designed by God. To reveal what is in our hearts to us. To show us what is in our heart. And to see whether we will still love God. Honor God. Still be committed to God and his house and the works of God. When we have been blessed. When all we have has multiplied. When our silver and our gold has multiplied. When we have ate and we have satisfied. Then God said, I will see what is in your heart. Whether you will still love me, obey me. Whether you will still walk in my ways or it will get in your head. And whether you will still be humble. Whether you will still be humble or arrogant or haughty or prideful. Looking down on everybody. Insisting on your rights. You're the best. Time changes place, remember. Nothing is permanent. For the grass of the fields withers, and the flower fades. But the word of our God shall stand forever. Forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Nothing is settled by the word of God. Come with me to Daniel 6. Three to four. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. Oh, underline the word, an excellent spirit was in character. Character. He had the right kind of attitude. Go ahead. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. So favor is not fair. Favor is not fair. Because he was exalted above all others. And the king taught to exalt him even higher, more than the others. He attracted or provoked hatred, jealousy, envy from others. That is what promotion does. Exaltation provokes disfavor. Promotion will attract hatred, envy, and jealousy from others. And that was what happened to Daniel. And they sought to find an occasion against him where the kingdom was concerned. His assignment, his duty for which God Gave him life to perform. They said, let's find something against him. People will always try to find something against you. When it comes to your calling, your mandate, your assignment. I've been there for these past 44 years. I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. There was a time where some journalists in this country, very, very, very powerful, came at me. So strong. And he was on my case so strong and vowed to destroy me and this church. 
So one day I went to him and I said, tell me, what is it that I've done to you? I will apologize and ask for your forgiveness. He said, it's not you. It's your relationship with so-so and so. I can't stand it. And unless you renounce your relationship with him, I will not leave you alone. And I said, I'm sorry. I cannot renounce him. I'm sorry. But I said to him, I said, this weapon given to you, it was given to you for good and not for evil. And because you are using it for evil, there will come a time when another shall take it from you. There will come a time where you will be stripped of this thing that has made you so powerful. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that said that there will come a day when the world will see Satan and the whole world will say to Satan, are you he that troubled the nations? You. Is that you? Very, very interesting scripture. I, I saw it and I laughed the other day. That the world will say, you, are you the one that troubled and deceived the whole world? And I said to him, there will come a day when this thing you call power, this thing that has given you so much power that you are feared because you go around threatening people, discrediting and destroying people, reputation. I said, a day will come, you'll be stripped of it. And it didn't happen immediately. After some few years, it was stripped of him and fell in the hands of another. And he told a guy in this church, a friend of his, and he said, please ask the archbishop to forgive me. And he said, one of the greatest mistakes I did in my life and in my business was to attack that man. So the guy came and called me. The Samens told me, and I said, you know what, tell him I don't even think about him. I've moved on a long time ago, and if he wants my forgiveness, he has it. But you see, you will be forgiven, but you will pay and face the consequence. For be not deceived. God is not more. Whatsoever a man or a woman sows, that he shall also reap. So you can be forgiven, but you face the consequences. So be careful. Amen. Let's look at Esther chapter 1 from verse 9 to 12. A very interesting scripture. Also Vashti the queen made a feast for the women in the royal house, which belonged to Kinahazoros. Underline the word, which belongs to Kinahazoros, not to Queen Vashti. It belonged to Kinahazoros. Go ahead. On the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, he commanded Mehuman, Bistha, Harbona, Bigtha and Abagtha, Zitha, and Kakas, the seven chamberlains that served in the presence of Ahasuerus the king, to bring Vashti the queen before the king with the crown royal, to show the people and the princess her beauty, for she was fair to look on. But the queen Vashti refused to come at the king's commandment by his chamberlains. Therefore was the king very rough, and his anger burned in him. Now, I'm going to give you the benefits of the doubt. And I don't have any opinion on this scripture because there's a lot of schools of thought on this scripture. And when it comes to Vashti, there are the for and for the against. And I'm not for and I'm not against. I'm just uh, expanding on what the scripture says here. Because there are people who believe that Vashti didn't respond because she was pregnant. Uh, some people also believe that she didn't respond because she was going through the normal mental cycles that women go to. So many schools of thought. But whatever the argument is, you are entitled to your opinion here. I don't have any opinion on the issue here. But some of the things I want to show you here are certain lessons we must learn. Now the king was having a feast for seven days and she was also having a feast at the same time. The same time. And she was using the king's property, domain, everything she used for her party belonged to the king, not herself. Then the king sent for her. And the Bible says she was beautiful to look upon. And beauty is vain, charm is deceitful, but the woman that fears the Lord shall be praised. So thank God for your beauty. Thank God for how intellectually sophisticated you are. But hear me, 
it is not enough. And the king sent for her. Whatever the reason was, she dishonored the king. And you don't dishonor the king. You are only a queen, not because of your beauty, but because you were married to the king. You, can't, you could have been married to anybody else in town and still be beautiful, vasty, but not vasty the queen. Yeah, could, she, could have married, she could have been married to any other man in town for her beauty, but she wouldn't have been queen. She was a queen because she married a king. And we must never forget, we must never lose sight of where we have come from. There was a young preacher many years ago was in this church and I introduced him to a church somewhere in Kuala Lumpur, front of mine. Huge church, very powerful church. And he went there to minister. And when he was leaving, they gave him $100,000. And he came to me and brought me $5,000 as his tithe. So I thanked him and I prayed for him. Then later, I had a call from the pastor and said, uh, I gave the young man you sent to us $100,000. I hope it was okay because he was a real blessing to us. Our people loved him and liked him. So I called him and I said, come here. The offering you gave me, what was it? Was it an offering or tithe? So it's my tithe. So I said, tithe, how much did they give you? He said, but uh, the tithe is 50000 so I gave you 5000 I said, why have you lied to me? And I said, you think you deserve 95000 and I deserve five? So I said, take back your money. I don't need it. Don't insult my intelligence. And he was going back the next month to preach for them. So I called the pastor, the apostle, and I said, um, I want you to do me a favor. Say anything, Papa. And I said, please cancel the program. Don't let him come there again. And I said, tell him that I told you to cancel it and let him come and fight me. So he had planned, prepared everything, excited, going back again to make some more money. And the apostle called him and said, I'm sorry. Papa asked me to call off the meeting and that you cannot come here without Papa's blessing. So you have to go and talk to Papa. So he came to me and I said, have you finished spending the $100,000. I said, you are not going there. You are not going there. I said, it was an opportunity I gave you, but you failed the test. So I said, you are not going there. He pleaded and I said, I have forgiven you, but for you to grow and learn, you are not going there. You could have come and said, Papa, they gave me 100000 This is it. Take some and give me whatever you want to give me. Then I will know where your heart is. But I see that your heart is into money. And that was the problem of Vashti. Vashti had forgotten that she was beautiful, but she wasn't a queen. She was fair to look upon, but she wasn't a queen. She was intelligent, but she wasn't a queen. She was brilliant, but she wasn't a king, a queen. It was her marriage to the king that made her a queen. And irrespective of what your argument may be, you don't dishonor the king when he calls you to come and show your beauty, especially when he has guests in public. You dishonor him, you forfeit your right and your position. And the, queen could have over, the king could have overlooked it because he loved her. But the elder said, king, you can't overlook this. Because she's our queen. For her to dishonor you publicly, she's giving an occasion to the women of the kingdom. Our wives will begin to dishonor us. So you have to do something. And immediately, the queen had to give command, disinherit her. Take the queen, take the crown from her and let another take her place. That is what life is about. When you think you deserve something and you begin to misbehave with power and with money and influence and access, another will take your place. It's just a matter of time. These are rules you and I cannot change. 
There are rooms that were made long before you and I came here. And we can't change it. Another took her place by the name of Esther. An orphan. And she was also beautiful. Very beautiful. But look at Ezekiel 28 and 17. Ezekiel 28 and 17. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Because of thy beauty. Because of thy beauty. Because of thy beauty. That is the problem of a lot of us. Because of thy skill. Because of your giftings. Because of your anointing. Because you prophesy ditto, ditto, ditto. Yeah. Your heart was lifted up. Because of your beauty. And that was the problem of Vashti. Her heart was lifted up. Whilst the king was having his party, she was also partying. And the king sent for her. I want my friends to see the beauty of my queen. And she said, no, not this time. Whatever the reason is, she dishonored the man who made her a queen. And he said, I don't care about all this human women rights and equality and all that. And the fact of the matter is that there are societies that, you know, devalue women, disrespect women, don't honor women. But that is not in the Bible. Because in the book of Genesis, God blessed them. And God said to them, male and female, equal blessing, be blessed, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. That was spoken to the man and the woman. And so... For me, my argument is let men be men and let women be women. Amen. Simple, that is it. Women be women and men be men. That is it. It's simple as that. If God wanted two women, he would have created Eve and Esther. And if he wanted men to dominate this world, to despise women, then God would have Adam and Steve. But he created male and female. So women be women. Men be men. Don't fight to be a man because you are not a man. And men don't try to be feminine and work as a woman. You are in a woman. You are a man. Please be a man. Say let men be men. And let women be women. Amen. So let's go ahead. Let's look at Let's look at Esther chapter 4, 15 to 16. Esther 4, 15 to 16. Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. You see, so... You look at the attitude of Queen Esther and Queen Vashti, you see a big difference here. Queen Esther had a Mordecai, and it is dangerous to have power and influence without a Mordecai. When you become powerful and you have money and influence, there must always be somebody who can speak to your heart and not your head. And that was the problem Vashti had. Vashti didn't have a Mordecai to speak to her. There must always be somebody who can speak truth to the heart of power and not to the head of power. Because it's difficult to convince power sometimes. And speaking to their head don't help all the time. But if you can reach the heart of power, you've made a difference. And Vashti didn't have a Mordecai, but Esther did. Esther was the queen, the new queen in town. She had power. She had everything she ever needed. Came from nowhere to somewhere. And when the uncle Mordecai sent the word to her and said to Esther, Remember why you have come into the kingdom for such a time like this. Girl, remember Remember, is there anyone when you have become so powerful and you command money and wealth and influence that
can speak to you and tell you or ask you to remember. Or you are the kind that nobody can speak to you. Because you have arrived. And if that is who you are, you are a very dangerous person. You are a disaster waiting to happen. It's just a matter of time. When you think you've become so powerful that there is none that can speak to you and remind you from whence you have come. Mother Cass said, girl, I know you are beautiful. I know you are the queen. And I know you have soldiers and national security surrounding and protecting you. You can invite anybody in town and they will come because you are the queen. But let me remind you, Queen Esther, that you have come into the kingdom for such a time like this and you were Jewish. And if this conspiracy against the Jewish people come into full effect, you will not escape it even though you are the queen. Ahasuerus cannot, cannot save you because his signature and seal is upon the decree that every Jew must die and you are Jewish and you will die. If you think that you are the queen, you have access, you have influence and money, so you think you are saved, you are joking. Ladies and gentlemen, COVID-19 has shown us that money is not enough. That power is not enough. That influence is not enough. For it is written, the horse is prepared against the day of battle. But safety is of the Lord. The psalmist said the other day, he said, some trust in chariots, some trust in money, but we shall remember the name of the Lord our God. Hallelujah, somebody. Put your hands together and somebody give him praise. <laughs> Ikola Mahandi Labagasa Kodali Vagadas. For a man's life does not consist on the abundance of things that he possesses. If you are the type and the kind that money, power, wealth, influence, access is what defines you and determines the choices and decisions you make in life. And determine how you handle people and friends and loved ones. Something is very off and wrong with you. Esther didn't send a word to Mordecai that, Uncle, remember I'm the queen. Uncle, be very careful how you talk to me. Yo. I'm no more an orphan. I'm the queen. I'm married to a Hazarus. There are people like that. A little bit of power and money and access and recognition changes them. And it's always in them anyway. I said at the first service that go back to history. Study the pharaohs of Egypt. Where are they? And the empires of Rome who took the lives of great preachers of their day and of their time. Where are they? And what became of their descendants and the Hitlers of Germany? They disappeared. They and their descendants from the face of the earth. And the hatred Hitler had for the Jews was always in him till power came into his hands. It is when power comes into your hands and money comes into your hands that we know who you truly are. Right now, you are pretending. Right now, we don't know who you are. And I've seen preachers. I've seen prophets. I've seen bishops and apostles, and evangelists, and businessmen and women, and politicians that were real human beings and were friends until they had power, until they had money and influence. And suddenly, I didn't know who they were anymore. And when they don't have money and they don't have power again, they become another person. If power and money defines you, if you treat people bad, 
If you mishandle people and you hurt other people's children because you have power and money, your children and descendants will suffer the consequence. And let me tell you something. People like that will never have a place in eternity and will never be remembered by history. And if you are remembered by history, you shall be remembered for evil and not for good. Just as I make reference to Hitler, I have never seen any father or mother naming their son Hitler. If you want a place in eternity and in history, learn to do good with power. Use money for good and not for evil. Don't settle scores with people. Don't destroy other people's children. Esther had respect. Do you still respect your uncles, your aunties? Do you have respect for the elderly? You know, years ago, there was a leader in this country that had issues with me because I was misrepresented to him. And he knew me. And he never called me to ask me about what he had. He believed it. And he was very, very, very cold and nasty towards me. And we went to the castle to visit with him and some dignitaries that came from outside the country. And he recognized everybody and refused to recognize me and really disrespected me. So after the meeting, when everybody was going out, I said, Your Excellency, I need a minute. He said, No, I don't. And I said, You have time, Mr. Excellency, you have time. I want to know why you are doing this because you know me. And I said, I'm better than this. You don't treat me this way. And he said, we'll talk later. So I left it. We left it. Few weeks ago, few weeks after he wrote me a letter and invited me to come to the castle. And I said, I'm not going. And Rosa said to me, he's the head of state. You can't dishonor him. If you have problems with him, you have to respect the office. So I replied and I said, I'll come. So I went. And we talked. And he told me what he had and who told him what he had. And the one that told him what he had was very close to me. So I confronted that person and I said, why did you lie to the president? And he said, I didn't. And I said, he said you said this. He said, no, 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 no. I said that, but not, you see, I didn't expect him to take it that way. And I said, why did you do that to me? I've prayed for you, your family, and I've loved you and your family all these years. And I said, why did you do that? What do you gain out of that? To gain mileage? To have more favor? To have more recognition? You don't destroy a good man just because you have access. You have to be very careful. Years ago, there was a man in this country who was very powerful. He had the ear of the king. And people feared his name. And I was misrepresented to him for whatever reason. It's part of, it's part of the cross I carry. And uh, he really came after me. And I was under investigation. They pursued me everywhere. If I visited you by the time I leave your house, national security will come to your house and say, what does he want here? Tell us your relationship with him. I was investigated in Europe, America, everywhere, calling my friends. <coughs> then one day, I was preaching. And the anointing of God came upon me. And I said, Lord, what is his value and use to you and to humanity? And why must he live? For he's selfish. He's greedy. He does not care about anyone. Neither is he using the position and the office for good, but to hurt others. What is his usefulness? Why must he leave? Thou that answers prayer, bow your ears, attend and hearken, and do accordingly. That was all I prayed for. I was going to London and he was on the same flight. When I came back from London, he was on the same flight in a casket. I never prayed for him to die. I just appealed to the God of vengeance. He was a very powerful person. 
And after he passed, his family came to see me to let me know he has passed. And I welcomed them. And I said, look at him. Look at him. You've hurt your own people, your family, your loved ones. Esther remembered her uncle. Please remember your uncles and your aunties. Remember your friends. Remember others when you have come into your kingdom. Remember. Come with me to first. Okay, let's look at Esther 5 2 quickly. Esther chapter 5, verse and 2. It, and it was so when the king saw Esther the queen standing in the court that she obtained favor in his sight. And the king held out to Esther the queen the golden scepter that was in his hand. So Esther drew near and touched the, the top of the scepter. You see, this is not becoming too familiar with power. And especially for everyone that have access to power, be very careful. Here was Esther, she was the queen. She had fasted and prayed. She was under the anointing of God. And yet, she did not take things for granted. She still respected the protocol. She stood at the courts. If it was another woman, if it was Vasti, she would have just walked in because she's the queen. Violated the protocol and the laws, but she didn't. She stood in the courts wearing her crown, her gown as a queen and waiting on the king to give the command. And the king said, come in my love, come in my darling, come in my queen. That is how you handle power. And the king said to the heart, to the half of my kingdom, you can have it. And she said, I don't need anything from you. I just want to please you. I just want to cook you a dinner. I, I have some new recipe. I want, I want to cook you some undescribable, delicious meal. She was humble. She didn't let it get into her head. She respected the protocol. Honored the king and waited for the order of the king to come in even though she had prayed and fasted and knew that God was with her, she still would not dishonor and disrespect the king. It wasn't about her beauty. It wasn't about her position. She recognized who she was. And I pray for you that you will remember that the race is not to the swift, not the battle to men of strength, nor riches to men of skill or understanding, but time and chance happen to all. I pray that you remember that in this journey of life, it is not him that willeth, nor him that runneth, but God that showeth mercy. Put your hands together. Thank God for mercy. 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 I know you are skillful. I know you steady hard. I know you are very principled. I know you are very organized. But take it easy. I know you are very connected. But take it easy. I know you read a lot of books every day to improve on yourself. But take it easy. It's been proven that every success we achieve in life Is a result of knowledge, skill, and gifts, IQ. And 12 and half percent of every success and achievement we get in life is derived from these three things, knowledge, IQ, skill. And 97 and half percent of the success we achieve in life is a result of attitude. Attitude. A gift can open a door for you, but it will take your attitude to stay there. And I've seen great people in life from the religious scene to the political scene to the social scene, 
very, very gifted, but lacked character and did not survive. Joseph had power to punish his brothers who sold him into slavery, cast him into a pit, wanting to destroy his dream. And yet, when he had power to settle his cause, he chose to forgive because he recognized that vengeance is the Lord and he will repay. Whenever you touch vengeance, you are touching God's rights. He said, vengeance is mine. It belongs to me. Don't touch it. The day you touch it, you are finished. The day you touch it, you will know that I am God. And where were you when I spoke to the waters of the earth to gather themselves and stay at a geographical location and place a perpetual decree that the waters of the earth will not come into town? Where were you when I created the stars and the moon? Where were you when I said, let there be light and there was light? How dare you touch vengeance? It's mine. I own it. Don't touch it. One scripture, one scripture, and I'll let you go. First Samuel 18 and 14. First Samuel 18 and 14. And David behaved himself wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. I've always said over the years that you are not popular to women sing your song. And women, eh, they can make or make you. Yeah. David was safe and okay until the women sang his praises. And I always tell my children, I said, don't believe in the praises of men. Because the same people who say, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David are the same people when you face crisis and there is stigma, reproach, disgrace. In your life, they will say, oh, we didn't know he was that bad. Crucify him. Finish him, crucify him. That is human nature. And if you are one who has faith and confidence in the presence of people, you are to be pitied among all men. Today, the latest thing in town is you are trending. Papa, you are trending, trending, trending. People live to be Known. The women said, David, you slay. First they said, Saul has slain tens of thousands. And David, the young man, has slain tens of thousands. Ten thousand. Why is the king a thousand? And this is what every leader must be careful of. Because as a leader, you will have men and women in your kingdom, under your leadership, who sometimes may shine more than you. And that is what it must be. If you are a king, you are a leader. Your sons and your daughters must be better than you. Joshua, Joshua, the servant of Moses, took the children of Israel into the promised land, divided the land to all the tribes, Moses could not do it. Joshua did it. Elijah had a servant by the name of Elijah. Elijah performed 14 miracles. He did more than the father. That is the way it must be. Our sons, biological and spiritual, sons and daughters must outshine us. They must do better than us. They stand upon our shoulders to see beyond. And if you're a leader and you are insecure about the people around you, you destroy. You destroy your own children. And the enemy entered into the heart of Saul. And I could see some of the people around Saul. There are people around leaders who have no relevance on their own, can't accomplish anything on their own without the leader. And that is what every leader must be careful of. Because there are people who are 
loyal. They are around us. They are only around us because they on their own cannot be anything. And they said, King, King, this young man is taking your glory. Do you hear what the women are saying? Do you hear what they are saying about him in town? He wants to take your glory. And I've, I hear that every now and then. As for you, you are always promoting people, always lifting people, making people this and that and that. They are taking your glory. Who cares? I have no glory. I am what I am by the grace of God. You want to take the grace, take it. And you want my office, you want my position, take it. When few demons visit you and show you few things here and there, you reconsider whether you want my position or not. So you want to take it. By the time principalities wrestle with you and show you cayenne pepper, you will reconsider. But a leader must be confident in yourself. And a leader must mentor others to do better than himself. And Saul became insecure. And on that, decided to kill his own son-in-law. A father-in-law targeted your son-in-law to kill him because of insecurity. 24 assassination attempts on the life of your own son-in-law. Why? 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 Are you the only one born to be a king? And yet, David behaved himself wisely. David didn't let it enter his head. There are young people today, any small problem, they resign their position. Yeah. The king wants to kill me. Papa is against me. I'm leaving church. I don't want to have anything to do with them anymore. You are now mature. David didn't leave. He behaved himself wisely. And look at the scripture. Very interesting. Look at the scripture. First Samuel 18, 18. 18, 18. And David said unto Saul, Who am I and what is my life or my father's family in Israel that I should be the son-in-law of the king? Verse 5. Yeah, look at verse 5. Thank you, Bishop. And David went out with the sword of Saul sent him yeah. and behaved himself wisely. Behaved himself wisely. Go ahead. And Saul set him over the men of war. Uh -huh. And he was accepted in the sight of all the people. He was and, accepted. And also in the sight of Saul's servants. You see, even the king's servants accepted him. There are people, as soon as they are given power and position, they want to lord it over everybody. They want to change everything. Show everybody that they are in charge and they are power. It doesn't matter how long you've worked in that position or organization. They will fire you right now and bring people amateur who don't know they are left and they are right just to show you that I'm in charge. I'm the new man. Eh? It's a matter of time. Another will take your place. And you will never have a place in eternity or in history. And that is what has become of us as a people. As a nation, wherever we go in life, a little power, a little access and money, we want to destroy people. It just looks like it's in our nature to destroy others, and especially those who have offended us. But we have a good example, like Nelson Mandela, who had in his power, he went to have dinner one time. He said to his security man, take me to this restaurant. He said, you can't go there. We have to go sweep the place, check, and say, no, no, let's just go. So they went. They were sitting down eating. <clears throat> Whilst they were eating, he saw this Caucasian sitting opposite him and eating. And he said to his security, invite that man to come at my table and eat. So the man was asked, he said, Mr. President wants you to eat at his table. So he came and sat at the table of the president and ate. And he was very nervous. So when they left, President Mandela asked his security man, why do you think that man was nervous and he was shaking like that? And they said, oh, it's because, you know, you're president. He was very nervous about Mr. President. 
And he said, no, it's not true. And he said, you know this man, when I was in prison, he was one of those, whenever I was beaten and I asked for water, he would pee over my head to drink it, to drink his pee. So when he saw me and I invited him, he remembered what he did and he thought I was going to use power to settle scores. But that is not who I am. I'm better than that. You know, for me, that attracts me more than a trillion dollars. And those are the things I tell my kids. These are the things that must inspire you. Be attracted to character, values, ethics. Yeah. I'm better than this. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 4. And I think I have to stop here now. The New Living Translation says, If your boss is angry at you, don't quit. A quiet spirit can overcome even great mistakes. Today, any little thing, I quit. I quit. I've resigned. And the latest one is, I'm moving on. The Lord said I should move on. The Lord hasn't spoken by you. You are lying. When the spirit of your boss or your leader or your master rises up again, don't quit. Why? Because you are going through the process. You are going through the process. Gold is not gold until it is subjected to fire. He knows the way that I go. When he has tried me, I will come forth as gold. Endure hardness. Pass the test of character. Whenever you come into money, power, new positions, remember, your character will be tested. And who you are will be revealed. Power will reveal who you are. Money will reveal who you are. I pray for you that you will not miss it when you have come into power and money. There's a message I'm developing, but I will just give you a little bit of hint. It is said that in every country, there are three kinds of people, and I say there are four kinds. The first kind of people, the Greek civilization called them idiots. And the idiots are people who are educated, enlightened, successful, and have accomplished so much, but are selfish, self-centered, inward-looking, greedy, insensitive, to everyone else but themselves and their immediate family. Greek civilization called them idiots. Idiot because they have opportunity to do something good and because of selfishness and greed they don't do anything for anyone but themselves. Such people shall have no place in history. Then the second group of people in every society are known as those who are into their political party, their religion and their tribe. Tribal warriors. They fight other tribes for their tribes. They hate other religions because of their religions. They fight other political powers because of their political power. And for them, their God and living and everything is their religion, their political power and their tribe. Such people will not have a place in history. Then there's the third group of people. And this third group of people are those the Greek civilization calls citizens. And the citizens are those who put country first. Country 
before tribe, before religion, and before political party. For them, country is everything. Country comes first. Before anything, before political party, before, before their religion, and before their tribe is country first. Those are the type of people I want to be like. A citizen. A citizen. Then I added one more. Archbishop Duncan Williams, wise saying. And the fourth kind in every society, I call them citizen of the global village. Because the world today is a global village. COVID-19 virus broke out in China and in few days it invaded the entire globe and has brought kings and king princesses, kingdoms to their knees and has bankrupt nations and the young and the old are on their knees and signs don't have any answer to the situation. It is clear that until everyone is safe, no one is safe. So I have come to the conclusion to be a citizen of the world. A citizen of the world means you must care for other countries, care for other nations, care for the perishing, not just about your country, but about other countries and other nations, caring for the good of others. A citizen of this world, I don't know who you want to be. Stand on your feet. We know that you were blessed by that message, and we look forward to sharing God's word with you once again. For more information on this and many other Action Chapel International products and messages, you may visit our Dominion Bookshop located on the premises of Action Chapel, Spintex Road. Or you may call our offices on 030-701-1851. Or you may also visit us online at www.actionchapel.net. Once again, thank you for joining us today. And may your life continue to be changed in God's presence.